0: Welcome back to another episode of With Sonar. We are officially in the back half of 2023. We had our 4th of July yesterday. We hope you all had a great 4th of July. Or uh, For any of our uh, Canadian viewers, you had a great uh, national holiday on July 1st, which was uh, not long ago as well. So, um, Tony, uh, glad to be back here. We've got a lot to talk about today. We're going to talk about where the markets have been for the first half of 2023, what happened over the holiday, and then... As a result of that, where are we likely to go for the rest of the year? Before we get there, though, what did you do on the 4th of July? Uh,
1: I played golf yesterday. So it's a great thing to do. I managed to lose $50, but, you know, it is what it is. It was one of the better rounds this year. So. Did you lose $50, or is $50 the price of
0: entertainment? I lost $50. Okay. <laughs> I was trying to put a positive spin on it here, yeah. okay? But that's, I guess, not where we were going with that. Beautiful day here in Chattanooga yesterday for uh, for some golf. Where did you play it? Creeks bed. Creeks so, Bend. It was a little warm. What'd okay. you do? Well, I went to the pool. I'm a pool okay. guy. I had kids. Got to get them entertained, get in the water. Hopefully, they don't drown. Uh, they didn't. Thank you. So, no need to send any trial services to my house. Everybody was perfectly safe. Uh, but, no, we had a good time at the pool. Um, ate some great food, obviously, watermelon, you know, and the works and the, you know, the cooking out, all the stuff. And then, uh, thankfully, still have all my fingers from fireworks last
1: night. Nice. That's what I was going to ask. Big
0: one. Firework. Firework. Big one. We do, uh, you know, my kids are at the age where it's like, you do the fireworks, but we're not quite at the big stuff yet. Eventually, they're going to ask for that, and I'm going to have to make a a decision on do I want to risk my life for their entertainment. The answer is probably yes. Yes. But, you know, that thought will go through my mind. Um, But anyways, we had a good time, and and hopefully you all had a good time as well, and we're we're safe out uh, there and whatnot. So, anyways, 4th of July. We are we're officially more than halfway done with 2023. It's been a tough 2023 for, for I think, a lot of the world, but especially the freight markets, which, yeah. uh, you know, give, give us the
1: update. What's happened in 2023? Yeah, I mean, you've seen market, well, I mean, you've seen historic lows in, in certain freight metrics or metrics that gauge the freight market. I mean, if you look at the outbound tender rejection index, it hit, what, sub right around 2.5%? Uh, Back in early May, that was the lowest level that we've seen ever since it really the COVID lockdown. Yeah. But when you really think about the freight market, there's kind of this natural floor for rejections, right? They can't be zero right. because capacity imbalances and things like that. So I mean, you're talking 97.5% compliance. Like it's almost unheard of. Yeah. Uh, and I think what you're seeing is shippers are expecting high levels of compliance right now because ultimately if they're still shipping contracted freight, it's still at a premium to the spot market. Mm -hmm. So there's really no incentive for a carrier to leave the contracted market. There's no incentive. I mean, there is incentive for a shipper to leave the contracted market, but you're up to a point. Yeah. But you are also risking service levels. So it's one of those you're paying uh, this way. You're paying a premium for service. And, And I think, and then you've obviously seen freight demand been in the decline, not real decline. It's been fairly stable off of last year's decline. Yes. I think what's setting up, though, is for further declines as we progress into the back half of the year.
0: Yeah, especially as we look towards uh, import volumes, which are continuing to really, really just not improve at all. Yeah. So, and you would expect this time. When the domestic freight markets tend to have a fairly muted July, July tends to be fairly muted right? historically. Even when we look pre-COVID, that's the case. Even back in the the bull run of 2018, that was the case. However, the ocean markets tend to start ordering more goods in the summertime.
1: Yeah, I mean and you have not seen that yet. Yeah, I mean you've seen a little reaction, right? I mean it's it's nothing to like write whole about, right? I mean if you look at the inbound ocean TEU index. There has been a little upward movement, but it's it's nowhere where it needs to be to yeah. to, to kind of show strength is coming back or
0: to make in line to support a good freight market at 2019 levels.
1: Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah I would I Yeah, venture to say and I think the thing I think that's interesting is we're setting up. So you have to think peak season on the ocean is what, really August September time frames. So yeah. We're kind of in the early stages of that. I think you saw, you're seeing, you don't see them necessarily the West Coast, but now you're seeing uh, sh- the strike in Canada for yeah. those West Coast uh, dock workers, right? So that's taken hold, which doesn't really affect that much. I mean, it does affect inbound volumes, but I mean, you're still seeing, there are some levels of demand, but it's there's so many risk. I think, in the back half of the year, especially after you've heard the Supreme Court ruling or decision on student loans and that yeah. student loan forgiveness that basically says the president doesn't have the executive power to, to write a check of that size of $400 billion. But I think those risks are going to present themselves in the coming months. And I think what's interesting is we always talk about the ocean being upstream. Right. But I think this is an area where retailers were having to order now and you saw some upward mo- momentum prior to this, that that stuff's already coming. So it may actually be the domestic market that kind of shows where freight demand is mm. as opposed to further upstream, which is kind of this interesting day. Uh, I mean, you see it happen. It, it kind of happened in uh, really when the bull run started in 20 back in 2020. Right the domestic market led the interna- the maritime market, right? You saw yeah. movements increase in OTVI prior to it growing in imports, right? So I think it's an area to pay attention to, uh, but seeing move the little bit of upward movement we've seen right now is nothing to like, Yeah, things aren't going to get necessarily infinitely better or much better, right? It may just be a, because there's no guarantee that once this stuff hits, it goes right into a truck, right? It can Correct. go rail, it can end up in a warehouse for months before it actually flows to the domestic transportation market, if it flows at all, right? Because it, retailers are still dealing with inventory levels that are- Yeah, CPG g- companies are still uh, reducing inventory levels. We
0: saw an article about that today. Yeah, so- um, That they're, they're reducing um, or reordering
1: inventory at, uh, I think, three-year lows. Yeah, so, I mean, it's a slower pace of- of all of these things, and I think that's ultimately going to affect what drives the freight market in the back half, uh, maybe moving away from some of the ocean yeah. movements. I think that's what's going to be interesting. Let's go ahead and pull up 10 rejections here for folks to see. I think this will be
0: a nice little summary for everything we've experienced this year, but also to give a little perspective on how the markets have ultimately performed and handled 2023, but also most recently, 4th of July. So tender rejections in blue there. Yes, we've seen it go down consistently this year. That was also the case for 2022. So starting this year at just a smidge above seven percent, and now we're effectively half that level at about three and a half percent off of the the low point there in May. But what I want to call what we want to call out is we didn't even, you know, Tony, when we're looking at tender rejections here, to get through the Fourth of July and not even touch four percent. I mean, it basically says that shippers were able to get through 4th of July with almost no additional spot market exposure. Like the need to have to dip into that with that kind of rush going into 4th of July
1: was almost non-existent. Yeah. almost. most. Yeah. I mean, you think about it, 4th of July is kind of the peak time for freight outside of the fourth quarter, right? Yeah. Like that should be, carriers should have all the momentum which they had a little, I mean, little. You do you see an upward movement. And I think directly you see that show up in rates, which we'll touch on here in a little bit, but really it just kind of indicates that there is no pressure oh. and, and shippers firmly have pricing power in the market. And I look at this and it's, what is the catalyst to drive this thing back up to five, six, 7%, which is an area you kind of deemed a a healthy market yeah normal freight market or healthy freight market like there's there has to be a demand side rush which doesn't seem likely or you have to have a max mass exodus of capacity which you haven't seen right it's been this like kind of slow bleed any capacity lost hasn't amounted to anything to to kind of firm this up so i mean i think this indicates that the market still has way too much capacity right Even though you saw rates move slightly higher into 4th of July, it's expected. That's what you shouldn't
0: see. That's more of a sentiment move, though. Like, we're going to look at those rates here shortly. And honestly, my my theory behind rates moving up is simply just a sentiment of everybody's like, well, it's 4th of July, so they have to move higher. This index here gives a tiny bit of justification for it.
1: Yeah, I think the way to think about this, and I try to think about it in... I think of it similarly to how I think about the stock market as well, right? And mm-hmm. the price sometimes can break away from the fundamentals. Yes. Right. Eventually it comes back that because sentiment can drive price, momentum can drive price, right? They yeah. take an inch and they start to see it. Well, they try to drive momentum and prices here in the freight market, but it only lasts so long, right? The fundamentals of what's actually happening, which is what this rejection index shows eventually it will come back into alignment. And I think that's what we're going to see. I mean, ultimately, to me, it shows that there's just, if you are a spot-exposed carrier, good luck, because we're in a period right now that, I mean, and it's been good luck for, we started talking about this this earlier than this last year, right? That it was like, reduce that exposure. Well, if you're exposed, you have to think less than 3% of tenders or 4% of tenders are getting rejected. So if 96% compliance when contracted freight of that, how many are getting accepted by the next carrier in the routing gap? Oh yeah. Right? Like this is an aggregate, but like if we saw first tender acceptance, like what is that? But then what is second tender acceptance? Oh, yeah. I think that's going to be what's entry interesting. And I think that's going to be interesting when we hear earnings calls because some of the brokerages talk about first tender acceptance. And yes. like the depth of tender, I think that'll be I mean, it would be remarkably low, right? I mean, you're talking, oh, yeah. it'll be probably the lowest level it's been in, in years. And you look at this for the second quarter, because again, rejection rates were 3% for the entire yep. quarter. Very low. So it's one of those, Very low. if you're exposed, it's going to be. The, yeah, this next quarter is going to be difficult for sure. And I would expect July
0: to, for the most part, just be in a steady, slow decline of tender rejections further, even from here, unless some type of catalyst comes into play as far as what that is. I can't see it. Yeah, um, But yeah, I mean, it does feel like, you know, we'll that's a short blip and we're probably going to come back down close to the 3% range. Let's go ahead and pull up vol- volumes for folks to see because obviously volumes are a big driver of what happens to capacity and, and pricing, right? It's much further upstream. So, Here we are, dark blue shaded line is where we are today. You've got the subsequent different years there um, to see some of that history. And that big drop-off you're seeing right now, that's just 4th of July. Ignore it. It's noise. Um, We'll probably bounce right right up again. But, you know, I think the the thing here to look up is when we bounce back up, when volumes kind of return to normal, we kind of have this weird week right now because 4th of July is in the middle, so we may have to wait until Monday of next week before we really start to see normal volumes again it'll be how close above, below, or right on that purple line is is what I'm going to look at to kind of see how then the back half of the year is going to be. Because 2019's back half from a volume perspective
1: was actually kind of decent, had a decent Q3. Yeah, I mean, it was relatively stable. And I mean, you saw upward movement in August, which you don't typically see. Right. And then September was fairly stable. So, I mean, you're talking about two months that typically aren't the greatest from a truckload perspective. Right. that were okay from a volume perspective. Okay from a volume They weren't great in terms yeah. of there was still too much capacity Correct. rates. But I think it was setting up, like 2020 was set up to be a difficult first half of the year and the market was going to make subsequent improvements throughout the year. And then we have COVID, obviously. But I think what this is, we're still trying to reset to, to whatever this oh, yeah. devil's going to be. So, I mean, I look at it, if you look in June... In 2019, and really June outside, I mean, every other year, right, 2022, 2021, I'll exclude 2020 just because it was an incredible run, you saw upward movement in volumes during the back half of June into July, into the 4th of July. We did not see that this year. And I think that is the concern is yeah, we didn't see the movement that we would have typically thought you would see. And if this thing bounces back, I mean, I just don't see July being any better. I mean, I look at 2022, it was a slow decline throughout 2022, July of 2022, even in 2021 from after the 4th of July through the beginning of August, volume levels were in decline. If we continue that, we are going to dip below 2019 levels and that's a concern.
0: I, I think there's definitely a real possibility we dip below 2019 levels. The consumer has been fairly resilient to a lot of things, though. So I, I think ultimately the question will become how much of their spending do they allocate towards physical goods versus uh, services? And it's been services uh, has been the winner uh, here uh, exponentially. So ultimately, especially with student loan repayments coming back, there's definitely some curveballs out there. But yeah, I mean, there's a possibility we jump below 2019 levels. As far as what does that do to the market, obviously, further softening? I think it, I don't know how much it pushes rates down further, or how much more rejections go down. I mean, again, to a point, there is a floor there. Before with rates, we're already starting to see it on the spot side. Carriers are just starting to park trucks, yeah, saying, know wait." So there is a natural floor that does get hit. But what it could do is
1: prolong that floor yep. that we're there. Yeah, I think that's the key. Is we we've talked about it. Like, is the market at a bottom? Well, does it really matter if it's at a bottom? I mean, yeah, what's getting us off the bottom. Yeah, that yeah. that's the key. Like, if we're at the bottom and we stay there for six months, doesn't really matter that we hit the bottom because yeah. the conditions haven't changed in six months. Like, they're still not great, right? It's what drives this, the up cycle eventually. And right now, it's hard to see anything that's going to be a driver, right? Yes. I think people and things I've heard about, like, with yellow and the risk in mm. yellow, right, can that freight be absorbed? Well, odds are a lot of that freight has already been. I mean, once that news kind of comes out that you're on the brink, people start moving freight. Yes. You have just Yellow's biggest customer is also the government. So outside of the government, which is a nightmare scenario, like that, that's a whole different process from other shippers, right? They're able to go and find other capacity. The government it's a more taxing issue but those shippers are probably moving things away from yellow as is yeah people thinking that might be a catalyst to drive this it's hard to see that it just it may just be a reallocation of of freight into a market that can has enough capacity to absorb it without any real changes so i mean i think yeah. that's gonna be an interesting one that plays out but i mean in terms of a a volume recovery or rebound—it's hard to see one in any significant manner yeah. in the back half.
0: Yeah. Well, maybe Tony, you should start buying more stuff so we
1: have a uh, have a rebound. Hey, I service services spending is ruling. I mean, I'm I'm going to Hilton Head in like a week. It like that's where any excess money is, feels like it's going toward travel. Yeah. Or it's being spent on food out. No, that seems but. to be a general... like We can
0: talk about the, the the month-to-month trends, but like for the most part, for the last four or five decades, the last <laughs> 50, at least 50 years, it seems like the general trend has been moving more towards services with just the general economy. I think I remember I saw this chart the other day, and I don't remember the exact timeline. I want to say it started in the 50s, so about 80 years ago, about 70 years ago. Sorry, math sometimes. And goods as far as like the economy was concerned, was somewhere around 60%, maybe 65%. We're almost flipped. I mean, cause now yeah. goods represent about 30, 35% services are about, you know, uh, I guess 60, 55 um, yeah, percent Yeah, so I mean, you're talking almost over half, right? It's like right, over services. half is in services right now. So that, that's been a general trend. Um, just to kind of put on your crystal ball hat for a minute, Do you
1: think if that trend continues long-term, you know, what does that do to the freight markets? I mean, I think one of the things you have to remember is people still spend money on goods. Oh, they're they're always buying stuff. They're always buying stuff. Yeah, so it's just a matter of, like, I think one of the things you have to pay attention to is inflation metrics. Sure. Because, again, those measure in sales, things like that, are measured in dollars, Mm. not actual physical volumes. So you might buy an iPhone... That's $1,500, right? I I would not. But it's $1,500, but it's a very small, yeah, small volume, right? If they sell a bunch of them, how many iPhones can fit one truckload? A lot. A lot. So, which
0: actually, I've got a question about that. If anybody has ever moved smartphones of
1: any kind in a truck, do they load up the whole truck? That would be a lot. That's a lot of money in one truck. Yeah. So, I mean, there's things like that. It's, you have to, like, those spending trends on, like, what you're spending on, right? Because, again, CPG prices are up, but volume, I mean, if you're spending more or, say, I guess one example, I look at, like, a Kroger or, or a grocer, right? Look at their same store sales, right? Yeah. Level inflation goes up, so, but sales are flat. There's, people are spending the same amount of money, dollar but- Volume levels are probably down, which is obviously not a good thing for the freight market. So I think that's a trend you have to pay attention to is not just is one, how inflation plays an impact on all of this, but like where those dollars are being spent. Because they're like for me, this is personal. I mean, I live in a 750 square foot apartment. I can't buy a lot of things like any discretionary income likely goes to a service because I can only put so much stuff. I'm not, how many people are out buying furniture? I mean, obviously when you move houses and things like that, but a lot of that stuff got done in the pandemic. So like where you were redoing your house and buying new electronics, things like that. These durable goods, the big spending trends, they're kind of, how do those play out? I mean, if we continue to spend on services, it's obviously you're kind of getting back to a normal freight market, but what is normal? I think okay. this is the biggest question. Everybody talks about a normalization, but what, what is normal? I think there's going to be- We're still finding out. Exactly. We're still
0: finding out. Interestingly, note though, is uh, spot market rates from the line haul perspective have pretty much been in line with 2019 levels for the last mm-hmm. couple of months. Let's go ahead and throw up, uh, throw up NTI here, our National Truckload Index, which measures daily spot rates here um, in the US. So currently, now this is all in, includes fuel. Um, so we're sitting at, I believe that's 230 to a mile right now in US dollars. Uh, So you can see what I wanna call out, obviously it's been in decline this year. If you remember the spot, the the tender rejections we looked at on the last chart, it's gonna feel similar. It's down, hit a bottom in May, back up. This is where I wanna talk about how sentiment drives price more than actual market fundamentals. Tender rejections right now are really a, a true measure of how capacity is able to handle demand. We already saw it peak before the 4th of July and it's already started coming back down. Rates here have not, meaning there's still this sentiment that's driving those rates up. So that that line straight up there, going to two thirty two a mile
1: from about two twenty two a mile, that's not going to last. Now, yeah, it's not. It's going to come back. Down. And I'll say this because it's a seven day average, right? I'm looking at the day. I've got the daily pulled up right here. It peaked okay. out at two thirty seven on July first and July second. So okay. kind of that if. Goes in line with what we saw in tender rejections that lead up into the 4th is where we saw it. Yeah. It has fallen back down to 230, right? And that was on the 4th because it is a day behind. So you're talking the NTID, so the daily, is below the 7-day average, Mm -hmm. the day of the 4th of July. How does that impact over the next week? Because typically it takes about a week for capacity imbalances to work themselves out. Yeah. It sure doesn't look like there's any strength in rates to hold them at two thirty, right? It yeah. feels like we're very quickly going to revert back to that two twenty-three, two twenty-five range that we've been in yeah. for really the last two and a half months. Yeah, I, I think I
0: think somewhere I think you said it right. Somewhere in that two twenty to two twenty, I'll even give you, I'll give you a big range two twenty 220 to two twenty-seven. Yep, you're gonna fall somewhere in there, and it's probably that's
1: where you're gonna hang out for oh, a little while. And what's interesting is I don't um, think we retest those lows in May though. No, I think. What's interesting though, if you take out those lows in May, so it was a two week stretch that they were below 220. Yeah. They were in a nine set range from 220 to 229. At the time, it was from April 9th all the way through. For well, you, yeah, you can see right there. If you yeah. take out that initial dip in this little pump we're seeing right is, now, it's basically flat. It's basically, it's flat basically been game. flat for eight of the last 10 weeks. Yeah. So we're going
0: right back to that. Yeah. I, there's no. Unless 10 rejections or volumes do something none of us can see. We're going right back. Yeah, it's it's one of those. Yeah. There doesn't seem like there's I do anything. want to call it one thing though before we leave. Let's go to the next chart real quick. We're going to look at the spread between spot and contract. Because I, I do think this is, if there is a cause for catalyst that we can see right now, this would potentially be one. So, you know, typically spot and contract rates are within five, maybe 10% of each other, mm-hmm. right? It's typically where that spread is. We can see this, this chart here over the last four years, four and a half years now. So spot rates are in green, line haul, um, which is why they're a little low. And the the blue line is contract rates. They're also uh, line haul right now as well. So contract rates are continuing to fall. Spot rates there, again, a little bump off their bottom, but we don't expect that to really go anywhere. The spread right now is 48 cents a mile, which is the lowest it's been in quite a long time. Right? It's the lowest it's been really in the last, for the last 18 months, it's the lowest the spread has been if that, when that spread kind of continues to crunch, right. And what I'm looking at is if contract rates really hit 220 a mile, that's basically like you're in that threshold, that five to 10% range. Exactly. If they start to go, contract rates fall further than that, right. Then you could have a crunch between, okay, now the big contract carriers can't really sustain themselves, sustain themselves any longer. They've been able to ride this down wave Volume, lower volume is definitely hurt, but they've been able to ride it enough with these higher contract rates. But if that continues to fall there, and we that could take six months, could take more, could take less, but six months is probably a, you know, a good benchmark. If those compress too much, then you the the markets will flip.
1: Yeah. At some yeah. Point.
0: But anyways, that's all the time we have for now with Sonar. So we'll see you live next week. In the meantime, have a fantastic rest of your day and enjoy your post fourth of July.